Your generous support is the only thing keeping this show going. I rely on the support of my listeners to keep creating content. And you don't have to sign up for one of the Patreon plans. I know some of you really don't want another monthly payment you have to manage. But if you believe in my work, please consider sending a one-time gift at lesbianromantic.com support. Every dollar counts. Whether it's buying me a coffee or an entire bag of specialty coffee beans, your gift will be used to create another episode like this one. Thank you so much for helping me out. Lesbianromantic.com support. This is a listener-funded show, and the main stories are freely available for everyone, but that wouldn't be possible without the support of fellow romantics, of listeners, of patrons around the world. And I want to thank my latest new patrons, Ross, Jane, Jacoba, Maddie, Theodati, Kate, Ton, Kate, Daisy, and Pew, because without them, I wouldn't be able to work on these stories, so thank you. There's many more patrons, and I want to thank them all after the show. Welcome to the Lesbian Romantic Podcast. This is Connection Revealed, Part 15. September 21st, 2063. Region 6 of the American Desert. New Mexico, North American Province, 7.55 a.m. Local Time. Almost there, ma'am, the driver said. Ten minutes. Please keep your head down, Carmen added, and keep that cap on. Elle arched an eyebrow. Carmen had been part of her security detail for years, and they usually had a very cordial relationship. Elle had rarely seen her this gruff. My head's down, Elle replied after deciding to let it pass. She knew she was pushing Carmen and her team to their limits. They had vehemently opposed coming out here. The desert was a place filled with natural danger, and crossing the border into global coalition territory added all sorts of risks. Elle adjusted the baseball cap on her head. What's the status? They're still refusing to come out, Carmen said through clenched teeth. And we need to leave the area in 90 minutes. Or now. Elle met Carmen's gaze in the rearview mirror. The distress in the bodyguard's eyes was evident. Elle was tempted to reassure her and tell her that she would be fine. But this wasn't just about her. Everyone here was putting their lives at risk. And for what? Elle's cheeks burned as she started to think things through. Every order she had given in the last few hours had been a selfish one. She had tried to convince herself that she was doing the right thing for everyone, but that only worked for a few minutes. Any signs of global coalition backup troops? Elle asked. Carmen shook her head. Nothing. But they could send armed drones, and we wouldn't be able to hide from them. Elle nodded gravely. I assume they won't attack us as long as we are near their people. The risk of collateral damage would be too great. That's a big assumption to make, Carmen replied, again harsher than usual. For a moment, Elle's temper flared. 
She had never had an authoritative style. Still, she found it challenging to be openly and repeatedly questioned by the people who served to protect her. She didn't owe them an explanation for the decisions she made. Yes, you do, a voice in her head said. You owe them. Officially, Elle had told everyone that the situation was too delicate to not handle herself. A high-ranking officer of the Global Coalition had become stranded at the border of the Fire Blue territory for unknown reasons. That had never happened before. To make matters worse, the officer had been flagged as a person of high interest. Any information about her had to be reported directly to the president. To her. That was because Michelle Becker had attempted to destroy the Fire Blue Republic before. A couple of years ago, Becker had orchestrated a cyber attack on the global coalition networks, taking out all sorts of critical infrastructure for days. She had then tried to blame the rebels so she could attack them. But the plan had failed. Elle and Louise had worked together to prevent a war, but it had been a costly battle. Elle had lost her best friend, her credibility as president, at least until she had won re-election. And she had almost lost Louise. Louise was the best thing that had ever happened to Elle. She had never loved anyone as much as she loved Louise. After almost losing Louise, she had sworn to herself that she would treasure her every day. But she hadn't. Elle had needed the shock of tonight's developments to see what she had been doing. When her security team woke her up because Michelle Becker was on her way to Fire Blue territory, Elle had thought of her relationship with Louise first. How would Louise respond if she knew that her ex, a woman who had influenced much of her character and had known Louise for much longer than Elle had, was back? Would Louise become curious about her? Would she want to see her? Louise had never given any indication that she still loved Michelle, but Elle was suspicious. She knew how much Michelle had meant to Louise and how long Louise had pined for her. Surely that kind of love or attachment didn't disappear completely. So yes, Elle wanted Michelle Becker to turn around and head back to her violent and controlling world for more than one reason. That's why she had insisted on immediately heading for the desert, much against everyone's advice. Elle didn't trust anyone else with the delicate conversations that would be needed to scare Becker away. The officer had a twisted kind of logic. If she was here, she was here to cause harm. And Elle believed she was the only person who could stop her. Now, hours later, Elle was more aware of how irrational her decision had been. But she was here now, dragging her security team into the situation, and she still hoped it would turn out to be the right decision. Three minutes, the driver said. Elle met Carmen's gaze in the rearview mirror again. She nodded and pulled her cap down, her way of signaling that she was ready. Carmen shook her head and looked away. I want everyone back in their cars, Elle said. I'm the only one going out there. She raised her hand before Carmen could protest. 
This can only work if Becker sees that I am alone, Elle said. Carmen's lips became a thin white line. If there's any sign of trouble, Elle continued, have everyone leave the scene immediately. <laughs> you know we can't leave you behind, Carmen sighed. <sighs> I know, Elle sighed too, but try to limit your exposure, okay? A little late for that, Carmen said sarcastically. Elle had reached her limit with Carmen's resistance. Enough, Carmen, she snapped. I understand that you don't like this situation, but we're already here, and I'm going through with this, whether you approve of it or not. Understood, boss, Carmen replied, raising her hands in a conciliatory gesture. I apologize. Her tone sounded sincere. That's fine, Elle said, even though it wasn't. Elle had underestimated the heat. It was still early in the morning and she had thought she could manage it. Sweat was already rolling down her back and she wasn't even halfway through her walk to the pod. Her sunglasses made the reflection of the light on the sand and rocks bearable, but only just. The wind was also louder than Elle had expected. It was clear that her expectations about the conditions out here had been wrong, to say the least. It's going to be hard to talk to Becker, she thought. Her teams had already knocked on the pod's door, telling the people inside about the storm. When no response had come, they had followed up with text messages through the pod's terminal. There still had been no response. Elle could have tried to reach Becker through that text system, but she didn't want to. She wanted no record of this conversation. She didn't want witnesses from her side either. Her trump card was secrecy, and she intended to keep it. Elle adjusted the cap on her head, pulling it down further as the wind tugged at it relentlessly. She had come here so underprepared that it was almost ridiculous. This might become one of those stories that would haunt her for the rest of her career. A few minutes later, she reached the old spy post. Her mouth was dry. She drank some water before taking the last few steps toward the pond. Her heart thumped in her chest as she lifted her hand to bang on the door. Elle wasn't even sure what she had expected to happen next. She didn't know if Becker could still see who approached the vehicle, or if she would recognize Elle if she could. For now, there was no response. Elle banged on the pod again, louder this time. In theory, she had about 70 minutes before she had to be back in the car to escape the storm, but it was clear she wouldn't last that long in this unbearable heat. Becker, she yelled. It's Lucas! The wind was so loud that Elle wasn't even sure if anyone could hear her if they stood next to her, let alone inside the pod. She had instructed her team to send a text message once she was near the pod, but she had no idea if Becker had read it. Becker, open up! I'm unarmed and I'm alone! Elle yelled as loudly as she could. 
Another long minute passed by. Elle took another gulp of water. She wiped off her lips with the sleeve of her jacket. She felt like she would melt, but her team had assured her not wearing the special garment would make it even worse. Elle was about to bang the door again when she heard someone yelling back at her from inside. Step to the right. What? Elle said, surprised, looking over her shoulder to see if she could make eye contact with Carmen. She couldn't. The sun bouncing off the windows made it impossible. Step to the right, the voice repeated. Elle did as she was told. Here, she yelled. Take off your sunglasses and cap, the voice responded. No, it's too hot and bright out here, Elle protested. Silence followed. Let me in, Michelle, Elle yelled, growing impatient. Don't be a fool. I'm here to help, and I know you need my help. Elle wasn't referring to the approaching storm or the stranded pod. She assumed Becker would realize this too. I'm leaving in two minutes, Elle yelled. After that, she stopped to clear her throat. <coughs> After that, you're on your own. That storm is really coming, Becker. You won't make it. Let me in, Michelle. Elle silently started to count down. 120, 119, 118, 117, 116, 115, 114. Why did I come here? She thought as the wind tugged at her cap again. I'm the fool here. She lifted the water to her lips again. Elle then realized that she had lost count. She picked a number and continued. 99, 98, 97, 96, 95, 94. Soon she was distracted again. What would she tell Louise once she got back home? And what if she didn't make it back? She pushed that thought away immediately. Elle didn't want Louise to know she had come here. And if Michelle didn't open the door, it would be easy to hide. The wind blew the cap off of her head and Elle cursed. Fuck! She bent down to grab it, but the wind had already picked it back up and thrown it further away. It took less than five seconds before Elle felt the sun burning her face. She counted. 60, 59, 58. Sweat was pooling at her temples, making her skin feel itchy. She wiped her cheeks with her sleeve again. 49, 48, 47. A clunky sound interrupted her frantic counting. She pressed herself against the pod, trying to find some cover. The metal surface was so hot, it burned her skin even through the camo net cloth. She jumped away. I am out of here, she yelled, more to herself than to anyone else. Coming here was a huge mistake. It had been a long time since she had shown such abysmal judgment. Her gut told her she would pay a hefty price for it. But then the door of the pod slid open quite suddenly. Michelle Becker stuck her blonde head out. 
Her blue eyes were as cool as Elle remembered them. She pressed her lips together and straightened her back. Come inside before you faint, Becker yelled. Elle's hand slipped into her pocket, clenching her fingers around the vial, making sure she was ready. This was part 15 of Connection Revealed. Like I said, this is a listener-funded show, so that means my work is funded by listeners. It's that easy. And I want to thank everyone around the world who has felt called or felt motivated or felt moved by my work to support it. So thank you so much, Lee. Thank you, Jean. Thank you, Carnet. Thank you, Frau Krokus. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Giovanna. Thank you, Kelsey. Merci, Emily. Thank you, T. Lynn. Thank you, Canadian Cat. Thank you, Jennifer. Merci, Aiz. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you, Carrie-Anne. Super merci, Noelie. Thank you, Huggins. Thank you, Rees. Thank you, Lore. Thank you, Kira. Thank you, Issa. Yes, I'm going to thank you all separately this time because I really want to make that point. <laughs> merci, Shelley. Thank you, Carissa. Thank you, Hope. Thank you, Sihem. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Abigail. Merci, Laura. Thank you, Fawn. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Johannes. Thank you, Belinda. Merci, Jamie. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Zadist. Thank you, Sydney. Merci, XX Blue Hoodie XX. Thank you, Greta. Thank you, A. Merci, Charlotte. Thank you, Jasmine. Thank you, Grisel. Thank you, Juicebray. Thank you, Hélène. Thank you, Anne. Merci, Sarah. Thank you, Denisa. Thank you, Daisy. Thank you, Rosie. Merci, Sheen Ariel. Thank you, Melisandre. Thank you, Madison. Thank you, Rhonda. Thank you, Stacy. And thank you, Becky. Thank you, PB. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Sue. Thank you, Irene. Thank you so much, Adam. Thank you, Erica. Thank you, Ray. Merci, Antonia. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Nairi. Thank you, Reed. Thank you, Trinda. Thank you, Bella. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Charlie is a good boy. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Ricky. Merci, Hedy. Thank you, Elle. Thank you, Kat. Thank you, Sven. Thank you, Carla. Thank you, Valerie. Thank you, Brie. Thank you, Matthias. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, The Dash. Thank you, Ariana. Thank you, M. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you, Marie-Hélène. Thank you, Ashley. Merci, Annie. Thank you, Amber. Thank you, Delisa. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you, Shirley. And thank you, Chicken Nipples. All right. I hope you are well. Take good care of yourself. And I will see you soon.